Michael Odenbeck. And these are all Oberlis thoughts. Alex. Uh yeah. can I can I tell you something, buddy? Yeah, man. You ever feel like you just thrive in chaos? <laughs> all day, every day. <laughs> that's where uh, that's where I shine. Yeah. I I was listening to this podcast earlier today, and they were talking about how they uh they they love control, right? They they yeah. love doing podcasts because they can control the whole thing, and they have like the last say on everything. They get to edit the whole thing or whatever, and it's like. And the guy was like, "Oh, it's all about control with me. Like I've always I've grown up feeling like I never had like complete control over anything, you know. And then I started my podcast, and now I finally have something that I can control." And I got to thinking about it because, you know, obviously we do a podcast, yep. you know, and I was thinking like our podcast is nothing but pure fucking chaos. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like pretty much. We have no control. It just goes where it wants to go. <laughs> the funny thing about that is I was sitting here thinking, as you said that, like, like it is chaos. And the reason we do the podcast is because we're coming back from the chaos going, anybody else seeing this shit? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a good is, point. Is this anybody else? Is this happening to you? And uh, it, it's just like we're updating about the chaos. So here's what went down today. Uh, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. this is the world of chaos that we live in. Yeah. We and, understand. Uh, we can't control anything uh and we like it that way yeah oh yeah <laughs> come on buddy we need to tell that we need to get those those guys online like right. come on buddy the water's fine it's a little choppy maybe not sometimes it is uh <laughs> we like actively try to create chaos in our own lives i feel like sometimes <laughs> yeah oh yeah or at least i do <laughs> it's only way it's keep things interesting so the one thing that we're controlling tonight is what we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that how we deal with the chaos. So tonight I am drinking uh, Abita Brewing. I, I'm, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. Abita. <laughs> is it Abita? <laughs> Abita. Abita? Yeah, Abita. I like, I like Abita. It gives it a little bit more flair to it. I got to give yeah. it to you. Abita Brewing Strawberry Lager. Strawberry Lager 21. Um, <laughs> so uh, Abita or Abita Strawberry Lager uh, is 4.2% 4 alcohol. It's got in it German lager. Malt is Pilsner and wheat. And it's traditional hops. It is 13 on the IBU scale, very low. And the color is about a five, which is on the, what is it? Love and bond scale from one to a hundred from light to dark. It's a five. I think that's a new one we've introduced on here. I haven't seen that one. Uh, I've never heard of that scale. Yeah. But 
Uh, I would assume it being a lager, it's it's going to be crisp like all lagers are, but then it's going to be sweet from the strawberry. It's going to be probably a good summery beer. Maybe even uh, people that aren't beer drinkers might even like it. Uh, I, on the other hand, am drinking from your home, uh, shitty, uh, Mad Tree Brewing Company, Soul Drifter. It is the Strawberry Blonde Ale. See, which I- is... I wanted to find that. So we were drinking the same thing. Yeah. And the li- I went to two different look because after I talked to you, I went to stop at another liquor store that was closer to the house and look there. And even they didn't have it. Well, you know what probably happens. So this happens around Lexington, whatnot, with like when the hometown brewery that ever, that's like a lot of people's favorites and they come up with that seasonal that everyone loves, everyone rushes to it and buys the shit out of it because everyone's looking forward to it and everybody wants it. But you start going outside of the city or like further away, people that don't drink that brand as much, then you'll end up finding these kind of one-off seasonals and stuff like that. Uh, and I feel like that might be why I found it or actually it wasn't even me. I'm taking credit for it. Uh, my wife found it because she, uh, she started drinking beer again. Uh, cause she's been MIA for a hot minute for yeah. having kids and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> so she's, she's popping out babies or what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's she popping out babies. She can't be drinking. Um, the, uh, but the soul drifter strawberry blonde was one that kind of caught her attention. So this is what I'm drinking. So this is 4.3% uh, alcohol, ABV. IBU is about 18. Um, so this one's a little bit more bitter than yours is. Uh, it says it's for floral. Let's see. There's my, there's my word. Mm, it's effervescent. Effervescent. Um, Floral, fruity, refreshing is what the straight tagline. Soul Drifter is our strawberry blonde ale celebrating the arrival of spring, long days, and breaths of fresh air. Um, the malt is two-row wheat, Vienna, caramel 60, carol pills. Uh, it's got strawberries, hops is Motuka and Zathos. Zythos. Yeah. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, whatever that is. That's it's a variety of hops. Um, they're coming up with new ones all the time. So, so all I right. guess that's the only thing left to do is to try these bad yeah, things. Let's taste them. All right, all right. Get it out. The new pool chemical cleaning compound. Get it out. Baby diaper leaking. Get it out. Get it out. Get Neighborhood it out. kid takes a piss. Get it out. Get it out. Your asshole uncle drops a turd. Get it out. Get it out. Your wife gets out. bitchy and periods in the pool. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. The new pool chemical cleaning compound. Get it out. Warning, this product removes all sunscreen lotion, spray on tan, thermicide, makeup, and hand sanitizer. Get it out. The new pool chemical cleaning compound. Get it out. Get it out. Okay. Yep. I mine is is light and refreshing. Uh it tastes like the German lager up front with the strawberry aftertaste. And if I had to put a label on uh the strawberry aftertaste, like exactly what that tastes like, I would say it tastes exactly like the strawberry sugar wafer cookie wow that was very descriptive yeah. uh 
<laughs> strawberry wafer cookie. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. With Ooh, like, yeah. With like little, little strawberries inside. Yeah. The, the little uh, elongated one that's like crunchy, but it's like yes. fake. It's almost like eating uh, uh, packing peanuts, but yes. it's like, yes, I know what you're talking with about. With like the little strawberry filling in the center. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Uh, that, that's exactly what this the strawberry flavor of this tastes that, like. That was a good. I could totally picture that. Uh, mine, I, honestly, mine has a little hint of that. So mine's, um, it's different because it's a blonde. I feel like it would be better as a Pilsner as yours because it'd be lighter. This one's a little bit heavier because it's a blonde, so it's more full bodied, but it's got a little bit of a sourness to it. And my wife thought it was hoppy. She was like, it's bitter. And I was like, it is bitter, a little sour, but it's not, uh, it's not hoppy like I was expecting it to be. It's not like an IPA hoppy. Maybe it's not sour. It's I feel like it's the hops they use. It's very all right. Now that I got a second taste to it. Um, all right. It has a little hint of sourness to it, but I think it's it's confusing my brain because of the hops. Like it is hoppy, but it's like a mild hop, and then a bitter hop, and then it fades away. And then I get this like all of a sudden strawberry comes like walking through the neighborhood yeah like like long after the drink yeah like i get like full-bodied beer then all of a sudden i get like this hop this funky hops like like funk dog hops just like came up knocked on my door like just fucking came just bursted through the front door I was like what's up bitches and then he walked away and i'm like who the fuck was that and i go outside and look and there's walking down the street is strawberry yeah 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 and then strawberry comes along that's the you know neighborhood patrol yeah. always five minutes too late after you done got your cd stolen out of your car <laughs> it is funky <laughs> like it's 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 not bad it's just it's different funky funk dog <laughs> that that'll be the name of if i ever start a brewery funk dog brewery oh, yeah that sounds good and i'll just have it'll be all george clinton yeah. uh george clinton lyrics will be the names of the beer <laughs> it'll be an offshoot of agma industries yeah yeah right tonight we are doing i believe our fourth rendition of <laughs> and uh what's hilarious is when we did that uh zoom just popped up a notification asking if we were playing music <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> nope nope my drunkard by alex gorley um <laughs> yeah. so i decided to do my drunkard on the great bambino oh the, the sultan of swat damn i like that dude uh both of our guys have cool nicknames nice uh <laughs> if anybody doesn't know that is babe ruth babe um, ruth or as he was born as george herman ruth yes and i think even and, junior and he lives in our significant others parents basement that's right uh he used to be part of the podcast and he no longer is um so uh moment of silence for old baby ruth yep 
Thank you. <laughs> Killing me, Smalls. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. As I was researching this, yes. I was having flashbacks from the Sandlot the entire time I've been researching <laughs> this. Did like, you watch it? No. I oh, just I have it ingrained in my brain from such like when I was a kid because I watched it so much. Like I'm surprised that I didn't play baseball. It was same thing with like Mighty Ducks. I don't know how I didn't play hockey and I watched it that many damn times. Yeah. But yeah, Sandlot, it was like me and my dad movie. Uh <laughs> that happened to me recently. Some guy at work said, uh I was like, Man, are you back? A new a guy who used to work with us. And then he quit and was gone for a little bit and then he just came back. I was like, hey, buddy. I was like, you back? He's like, yeah, I think I'm back. And I was <laughs> like, shit, that's a dope fucking John Wick reference. Yeah. And uh, and then I got then I was thinking about John Wick all fucking day. So I had to come home and watch John Wick that night. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I should have watched Sandlot. It, it would have been I, 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 I'd probably have to grab a beer and go downstairs and watch it with my dad uh, for old time's sake. <laughs> yeah. And uh, say the thing. All right. So I got to tell you, this is perfect for the podcast. So side note. Um, so w- like one of the first times we watched The Sandlot, right? And I mean, I'd probably seen it already, but it was like the second or third time I watched it. And now like when it came out, like I was younger. Um, I can't actually remember what year that did come out. Because uh, it came out when we were uh, kids. Let's see, 93, I think I just saw. 93. I'm eight years old when that came out, right? Yeah. Um, ish. Uh, depends on when it came out. Um, but so I'm watching that with my dad, right? And I'm like eight or nine or however old I am. And there's I'm a 27. S- yeah, right. <laughs> there's a scene that I'll never not. I'll never not see. I'll never not look. And I just can't help it. But there's a scene where Benny the Jet Rodriguez oh, yeah. is running from the beast. And they're running through the little fair carnival like block party thing that's going on. Right. And uh, Benny is running on top of the table and the beast is following behind him. Right. And then Benny, uh, is running towards the end of the table and somebody's there with a cake, right? And he jumps. No, no. Benny jumps over it and then the beast jumps under it. Well, then they keep running and then he like jumps over a fence, right? Well, then they, they put the camera really low to the ground. So it looks like the beast jumps over the camera and then lands and chases him into like an auditorium, right? But yeah. because the camera's low, when the beast jumps over the camera, it's right with the biggest nut shot of this dog. <laughs> and it's got a pair of huge swinging balls. Yeah. Right. And I being a little kid, I'm like, Oh my God, dad, that dog's got huge nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, God bless him. He didn't he couldn't hold it together he <laughs> laughed his ass off i swear the rest of the movie every time that dog came on there he goes that dog's got huge nuts <laughs> he just couldn't he couldn't deal with it yeah uh, plus you know little kids saying something like that it's it makes it better oh yeah uh, <laughs> god 
It was. And, and like, so now every time I see that, that scene, all I can see are those big giant swinging dog nuts. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was not neutered. <laughs> <laughs> no. So baby Ruth, <laughs> uh, talking about Babe Ruth. All right. So Babe Ruth born February 6, 1865, Baltimore, Maryland. Four years before my guy. For real? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. See, I was trying to guess because we we were, uh, you told me your dude's from, well, you told me. We'll let the audience find out here a second. But I was trying to guess who I thought it was. Yeah. Um, I think I'm wrong. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so he was born in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, sad to say, my man, Babe Ruth, didn't have the best of, like, I don't know what to say, childhoods. Both his parents died pretty young. Um, and I think at early ages, too, like 38. And I think another one was maybe a little bit older. But they died pretty young. So then he was sent to the St. Mary's industrial school for board boys for like reform mm. and uh they say actually he wasn't the best of students and he was very hyperactive so they say he actually had adhd if yeah. they if he was in today's world that's what they would have called it but back then they were just like ah, just slap him more it'll get him right. to sit down yeah um because that's how they fix it. Well, yeah. he, he had a mentor there. I can't remember the guy's name, but he this guy loved baseball. So he was actually more like a dad to Babe Ruth than his actual dad. So uh, he started to like get into baseball, and baseball helped him focus for the most part. Uh, I also read, this is where the drunkards come in, he actually started to drink and smoke and chew tobacco at a very young age. Ironically, I think the same age I was looking at giant dog nuts on uh, the <laughs> Sandlot, about eight years old. Oh, yeah. Um, so definitely young. Uh, I'm sure, you know, beer-wise, whatever they get their hands on. But, you know, kids back then chewing tobacco, smoking, you know, I'm sure they definitely did that crap younger. Uh, but this is where he became obsessed is the best way to put it with baseball. Like it, it was what he was good at. He was focused. He just wanted to play. That's all he wanted to do. He didn't care about school. He just wanted to play baseball. Boom, boom, boom all the time. Right. After he kind of, you know, grew up, I think even into like when he was 16, 17, um, he got actually accepted into like a minor league, sort of kind of playing uh, there. Now, him at this time, you got to think the 1920s, he's a pretty large guy. He was about 6'3", right? So for his stature in that time period, he was like a giant. Oh, yeah. He was a big dude. Yeah. Uh, and that guy who was his mentor was kind of a power hitter. And like he just, for whatever reason, like could just nail the hell out of a ball and send it flying. Well, the babe kind of became obsessed with it started to learn how to do his own thing and do that as well. Now, here's the weird part. Babe Ruth got into the minors, but not as like just a hitter. He was actually a pitcher. He was not only a pitcher, he was a left-handed pitcher, which was also very, very rare for back then. And he was actually really good at it. He did, oh, I can't think of what it is. He, um, like he would have, you know, strikeouts. He would try to play like so many games in a year. I gotta say too, this is actually where he started to really let loose 
in the minors when he started kind of like picking up drinking, picking up womanizing, that kind of thing. I feel like I've, I'm straddling two things right now. I'm straddling factual, interesting baseball information and how this guy was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> not that baseball is not awesome, but you yeah. know what I mean. I was going to say, how is that not intersecting? <laughs> things that relate to the podcast. Those are parallel roads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so in the minors, he he was definitely a uh, you know a pitcher. He was doing great. Uh, he actually this is like where he started to get a little disgruntled because he wanted he he wanted to play baseball so much, but he couldn't. And mainly because as a pitcher, if you pitched a whole game, which they used to back then, they would like you couldn't play like the next couple games. They like sit you out and let someone else pitch. Right. I think it was even like five, but he wanted to play all the time, right? So, um, somehow he got drafted from the uh, the minor leagues and actually got onto the Red Sox. Okay, and this is where he actually got to become an outfielder, and that way he could actually start batting, right? And actually start playing every day because that was his thing. He just wanted to play. Now, during like I said, during this time, during with the Red Sox, really where he started to kind. Now you got to think. He isn't like this is him like 19, 20, 21. Like, you know, this is his prime. He's not the tubby, like big gut having Babe Ruth that we know all know in pictures. Like he's slender, right? This is like uh, you know, this is his this is where he's gonna put up his real Wilt Chamberlain womanizing <laughs> stats. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> uh so he's like and apparently the man like loved women uh and i don't mean just like you know how like some guys have types i think we've talked about that before like i remember i always had a buddy who was like he loved girls that are like so skinny he wanted them petite and skinny as can be like almost sickly skinny right and then i had like another buddy who's like i like them large Larger the better. Mm. They're like they're like I like they just I that was his thing, man. And yeah. he wants more and, cushion for his pushing. Yeah, that's just what he likes, man. And you know, like and some guys are, you know, like it's just kind of the thing, but it just seems like and I, I swear I felt this way about myself when I was younger, is like he didn't really have a type. He liked them all. He liked short girls, big girls, or short, tall, skinny, fat, like didn't matter. He was it's up all for about it all. their personality. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, he <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was up to his personality so much that uh, he also liked to frequent uh, prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, weirdly enough, he uh, actually so he was definitely uh, womanizing all that kind of stuff as well. He actually had a wife. He married at twenty. Actually, married a seventeen-year-old. Uh, actually, no. See this. See, here's the weird thing. One of them said he was 20 and she was 17, and I saw another one that said he was 19 and she was 16. Uh, Same age difference, right around yeah, yeah. there. I was gonna say the age difference isn't bad, and I remember one of them going, uh, like one of the things that was like, which is extremely illegal. I'm like, yeah, it is in today's world. I don't think it was as looks upon. Three years. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of one of those things. I mean, by today's standard, yes. Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's not in Kentucky. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, actually, hey, even back then, here's a weird one for you. There, uh, 
there was a scandal that I'll get to uh, that he supposedly hooked up with this girl who was uh, 19 and he was like in his mid to late 20s, right? But the thing is, in the state they lived at, the age of consent was 21. Oh, shit. So back then, that shit was illegal. Wow. So, like, you couldn't, you know, like, 18 didn't mean shit. You had to be 21. Um, so it just depended on the area, like I said. That's and other, wild. Yeah. And then, you know, then there's other ones that are like, what? I, pff, doesn't matter. You can marry whoever. Uh yeah. So yeah. So it depends on what state you're in. Yeah, I'm sure he had all that wrote out in a notebook somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah. Um, anyway, I got off on a weird tangent about legalities and consent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the listeners need to know. Yay! Be safe. That's right. Yeah. Always get consent. No, no shit. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We, we are highly against rape on this podcast. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or have to be at least, uh, you know, they got at least 18. Yeah. Of no, yeah. 21. You have to be of legal drinking age to listen to this podcast. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I wasn't talking about that. Uh, I was saying if you're going <laughs> to date someone, I'll be nice about it. Oh, okay. uh, unless yeah. you, you're, unless both parties are under, I guess it doesn't matter then. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're just splitting hairs now. I know. I was like, man, I'm going down a weird path. Uh, which, uh, oh my God. All right. I, I'm going to say this one just because I always thought it was weird. Uh, there was a girl I worked with years ago, right? And she was like just turned 18, right? And I was like, one day, you know, we were just like chatting at work. And I was like, I was like talking about whoever and she was like, Oh yeah, me and my boyfriend, like, oh yeah. It's like, you know, she's like, Yeah, my boyfriend does this and does that. And she was kind of telling me about him. And I was like, Oh, how old's your boyfriend? She's like, Oh, he's like 23. And I was like, and I was like, wait, and you said you've been dating for three years? And it's like started doing the math in my head. I'm like, uh (laughs) like. Wow. All right. So yeah. she was 15 and he was 20, basically. Yeah, somewhere along there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, she could not do that. Yeah. I know. I was the same way. I'm like, do I? I mean, you're an adult now. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Dude, uh, when, when I was in my early 30s, uh, I went out on a couple of dates with a couple of girls that were like, in their early twenties, yeah, and uh, it was not okay. <laughs> it was weird, wasn't it? It was so weird. Like I was, it just felt like we had nothing in common. Yeah, nothing. No I'm like, oh yeah. So you were, uh, you were not even in first grade yet when nine eleven happened. <laughs> I was already in college. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Your dad and I served together in Vietnam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, that, dude. It, I just remember sitting there thinking about that. I Actually, I don't know his complete age, but I know it was one of those things that they'd been dating for three years. And then I was like doing the math, like, wait a minute. Because it was like, wasn't until she walked away. I'm like, wait, what? 
like holy shit and i'm like i get it like back like she was from some backwoods town where there wasn't a lot of people which i uh whatever right it was just kind of one of those things ironically now they're uh they have a kid and they're married together so see it works out yeah it works out sometimes uh (laughs) other times there's people go to jail and lawsuits but whatever Whatever. Um, it's all about love (laughs) yeah that's what it's about uh (laughs) well as my uncle jeff used to always say get them before the hair does oh my god (laughs) holy shit He's in prison. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, Lord. Um, actually, uh, I don't know why. You know, just side note, you were talking about dating someone that's younger than you. When I was single before my current beautiful, lovely wife. Yeah. Um, I was in my late 20s, you know, like 28, 29. And I remember having similar thoughts about like I was working at a restaurant, bartending, yada, yada. But then like, you know, like we all go to house parties and whatnot. Well, like, you know, at a restaurant, you know, usually the hosts and hostesses are 18 to 21 or 20 when they turn 20 in a day. They become servers and yada, 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 as it goes down the line. Well, like we'd go to these house parties and like everyone would be there. And I remember like chatting with someone that was like 18 or 19 and just going like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Right. Or they're just like, just not, I'm not even like hitting on them. Just like having a conversation or they're sitting there like dicking on their phone. Like, oh, I'm texting this person. Ooh, let's do a Snapchat. Let's do this. I'm like, you got too much shit going on. I have to step away. I need to talk to someone that's going to get my uh, Robin Hood men in tights reference. Right. And then I've got to go find someone that will understand this lyric I'm about to say out loud. Because um, <laughs> right now you're making me sad. Yeah. <laughs> or um, even just the vocabulary. Oh, yeah. Like the like my little brother used to hit me with that shit because he's quite a bit younger. He's only he's only in his early 20s now. Yeah and uh, so i'm like i'm literally old enough to be his father i feel like yeah and uh and (laughs) and he'll just start saying shit and i'm like that's not even a word dude (laughs) and he's like oh no it means this or it means that and i'm like then just say that yeah then just say that don't say a made-up fucking word that's supposed to mean something that's an actual legit real word say the actual word he's like no no that's not that's you're not cool man you don't know and i'm like you're right i don't want to be cool if i'm just making up words that are supposed to be real you know it's stupid shit man i see i the funny thing is i know we were those assholes too back in the day like like i like here's the thing i remember i hear all right i'm getting off (laughs) giggity um on a tangent but we see i feel like i like the slang that is like a double meaning meaning like uh when we used you know just saying the word cool that was a slang back in like the 80s or 70s or whatever hell that the shit came out but it was an actual word but like the word like fleek man that shit's on fleek 
Like you have no frame of reference unless you know what that shit means, right? Right. That's like, ooh, that's very skibbity boobop. Like, oh shit, I know what that means. Like, who the fuck knows what that means? Um, but like I did like it when they used the word ratchet. Like that's <laughs> the ones that I actually liked the lingo. I remember when Ratchet came out. Yeah. If I sound like an old guy, like I remember when Ratchet, I remember because uh, like it was like all of a sudden everyone in the back of the kitchen line that was younger just started. Oh, she's so Ratchet. Oh, that's so Ratchet. Oh, Ratchet, <laughs> Ratchet, Ratchet. I'm right. like, oh shit, those shoes are on fleek. What the fuck is going on? Right. Uh, <laughs> and then you know, it's like the first realization, like society has left me behind. <laughs> Yes, uh, I'm no longer in the forefront of lingo, so I have no way to contribute to this. And I feel like it's it's like regional too. Yes, because like my brother, like like some of those words that he would that he made up or that they used around where he lived. Uh, like I would go to other places, and I would be like, "Have you ever heard of this?" And they were like, no, what the fuck is that? Like kids yeah. his age. Yeah. And then I'm like, it must have just been something like in that town that all those kids said. Yes, very much so. Because my hometown had a shit ton of them being from a small country ass town. Like even like I remember hearing like 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 ones that I would never heard anyone else say outside of the South of where I lived. Um, it was like stuff like somebody would go, Hey man, you want to go hop in this car and smoke a hog's leg? Like that was what wow. someone, yes. Uh, heard it all the time. A hog's leg was slang for a joint. <laughs> yeah, see, I was going to think like a blunt cause it looks more like a big well, leg. It, yeah. Well, a hog's leg was always, a. Because it was white and it was the white mm. meat, so mm. it, but it had to be a thick one, <laughs> had to be a big old fatty, yeah, <laughs> Cheech and Chong ass fucking thing. Yeah, see, like kids don't even know who I'm talking about when I say Cheech and Chong. No, 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 they don't. Uh, one of the things yeah. that my brother said that had me had my mind just was uh, they. Do you know what that means? Uh huh. I would say like something. I'd be like, dude, you need to go get your you need to go get your book bag out of my car. He'd be like, they. I'm like, what? What? Like, what did you just say? They. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? They. Yeah. And it was, apparently it was short for obviously. And that's what he said to me. He that is like, the most unobvious thing ever right. to say. He's like, he's like, it means, it means, it means obviously. Yeah. And he would say it just like that to it. It means obviously he yeah. don't listen to this podcast. So fuck oh, him. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But it was vague, like with a V. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Like you little sarcastic punk. Yeah. But I, I will say, I remember same thing i would go i had cousins that live in north carolina i'd go out there and i would start slinging some of the slang from my hometown and they go we don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah uh, <laughs> don't say those words 
Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't know. Uh <laughs> all right, baby all right. Ruth. <laughs> yeah. Back to the old back to the whippersnapper back in the 1920s, see? Um <laughs> all right. So the Sultan of Swat, uh left-handed pitcher. He liked prostitutes. Um and I'm done. No, uh, <laughs> he didn't do anything else. Um, Did he end up going into World War One? No. Uh, but so yeah, so he's with the uh, Red Sox. Um, he, uh, this is like when he's womanizing, started getting crazy. Like there's actually been a lot of recurrences of people saying like his libido was insane. Like he just. They were talking about him even um, like being a great wingman because women would like, like, I don't know, he was charismatic and he'd always have women around. So even like his like baseball, uh, like, uh, like roommates or whatever would also get laid off of him, basically. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, is that why his nickname is Babe? Because uh, all I, the women called him Babe. Hey, Babe. They actually said he got his name Babe from the minor leagues, but they don't really know why. They thought maybe because he had a baby face and he was younger, but he was good, like one of the younger guys. He also had some not-so-great names that they would yell at him. Uh, and I don't know. They're kind of like – some of them are kind of messed up. Um, but I think the Babe was the one that stuck. Mm. Um now I do I don't have the best timeline for these, but I'm going to tell you the uh, I'll, I'll tell you his baseballism, and then we'll go back into what he was doing okay. uh, on the opposite side of things. So he was at the Red Sox. He started uh, playing the outfield and started being a mad hitter. Uh, for whatever reasons, um, the manager of the Red Sox needed money and decided he was going to trade uh, George Herman Ruth to. The Yankees. Now, at the time, the Babe Ruth was only considered like he had potential. That was kind of his ongoing thing. He has potential. Uh, and the, at the Yankees, actually, where he started to like take off, um, right. you know, during the Red Sox years, he was actually like hitting long balls. Uh, and this is actually where I kind of needed a back step uh, and uh, kind of tell you about this. So, you know, we're talking about earlier his like mentor is a long hitter. Right. Most guys back then, they played like the long game where a lot of them would actually try to hit the ball down to the ground and just try to get like singles and doubles and stuff like that and triples. Um, there wasn't really a home run. And then he came along and he actually like aimed the bat upward and tried to launch it in the air. And a lot of them tried not to do that. You know, there was a lot more bunts and stuff like that, but they tried not to do that because if it touched the ground, they couldn't get out. And they had a better chance of getting to the base. Mm. And then Babe came around and just started crushing these fucking balls and actually sent them over the fence, right? And then once he got traded to the Yankees is when he really started to take off. And that's actually what uh, started to fill the seats. Like, it was America's pastime, but this is, like, where it started because there was people watching it, but as it wasn't crazy. After he got to the Yankees and started just nailing these home runs, People got more interested. It changed the game, and literally the home run was born. They arguably they said like he invented the home run. He invented the home run. 
just about. He probably he wasn't the first person to do it, I guarantee it, but he's the first person to kind of like showcase it. Like yeah, this. because he did because he was so prevalent at it. Yeah. It he was, was like, we have to name this. Yeah. So then, you know, once that happened, people What just, was it before that? Did it, was it just like a ground roll double or does it always I mean, I guess if it's out of the park, it's out of the park, but it was like I said, it was just a very rare is a rarer feat. And then this guy comes along and just starts crushing balls and just literally changed the, like one of the things I was reading and watching that they talked about him changing the way people swung and actually noticed he took like a step forward when he swung, when I watched a lot of his videos, which was very like happy Gilmore esque. And I'm like, yeah, he's getting that fucking, yeah, it's all in the hips. Uh, like he's getting that shit. Um, let me see if I got some actual, some decent stats. Um, let's see if I can actually read my own damn handwriting. Uh, he, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just playing with the video. No, no, you're fine. I was like, uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, so, you know, he's at the Yankees. Now, we're going to backtrack. Now, let's talk about the fun side of him, okay? Yeah, yeah. All right, so he gets married at 20 to a 17-year-old. He gives her 80 acres, many furs, and an adoptive daughter, right? He is constantly gone. He's constantly womanizing. He is... Laying the pipe. I don't know how else to say it. He is getting it, man. He uh, he's traveling town to town. He's going to uh, you know brothels. He is just getting it in. Like he is just he's got he's got that athlete metabolism. Yeah. Anyway, some girl basically says that she was sexually assaulted by Babe Ruth, oh, and yeah? she was nineteen, and he was like in his late twenties, and this is in an area that where twenty one was the age of consent. Right. Um, And he goes, I've never seen that girl ever in a day in my life. And then, but he goes, but I've been with a lot of women, so I don't really know, Um, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out that her and her lawyer were trying to scam Babe Ruth out of money and made up the whole thing. And basically, they thought he was going to like, not take like not let it get to court and just do like pay it off to keep it right. quiet right and then he goes nah we're taking this shit to court and then everyone was buzzing about it because of the like sexual assaults like how could he do this yada 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 right and then like then he called her bluff and then they're like yeah sorry we made this up oh uh, shit can't you go to jail for that for making shit up yeah, I'm sure you could back then. It's probably like, eh, you're just, I mean, if they, uh, maybe they're like, ah, you're just some young, dumb kid. Yeah. The lawyer, maybe, because back then, you know, yeah. false allegations. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, so that was one of the downturns, but it was, you know, showed that, you know, he didn't do that, that appetite. Uh, they said he would actually go to, when he was in St. Louis, he would go to 
a place called the Good Shepherd. What was it? Hold on. Hold on. Don't tell me. The House of the Good Shepherd. And everyone in St. Louis thought he was going to a church. (laughs) Wrong. Wrong. He was going to a brothel. And they said he was such, like, so obsessed with women that in a night or two, he would have already ran through all the women in the brothel. Oh, Jesus. And they said usually a brothel at that time, they'd keep about 12 girls on staff. So if he had three a day, four days, but maybe he went four, so four and three days. Or, you know, six and two. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But there there was a joke I saw that somebody said, you know, it was surprised he could had enough energy to play baseball. Um, But, you know, I thought about this, though. Like, you know, when you're trying not to uh, hit the peak during coitus, you're not, you're trying not to like get to the mountaintop just yet. You're trying to hold back the, you're trying not to come. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, what, what, what do they always say? think about baseball oh yeah yeah he's thinking about it all day or day and when he gets out of there he's like i know what i'm thinking about yeah (laughs) yeah he's got the whole strategy of the game down yeah i'm getting it uh, in yeah Uh, (laughs) he would have made a great quarterback (laughs) he would have had that play that play sheet completely memorized oh yeah uh so also, now, it doesn't take a lot of energy, honestly, to play baseball. I mean, yeah. Uh, yes, especially if you're hitting home runs every time you come up the bat. Yeah. You're just, you just standing there swinging the bat. Yeah. And then it, when you're playing in that, if you're playing in the outfield, like what you have, like maybe an average of four to five balls hit to you a game. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, you're just standing there. I mean, that is true. Right. That is very true. <laughs> uh, now he, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's probably where he started put on weight. Because granted, like I said, he was definitely a heavy drinker, heavy smoker um, during all this time. <clears throat> they, uh, the the kind of womanizing aspect of it was only one part of it. There was actually many times that actually got him in trouble. There was a uh, story about a bunch of. Uh, kind of like news like sports news guys um that were on the club car you know because they they basically had a train that would just travel from here to there and they'd have the club car for all the baseball players so they said there was uh one day um all the news guys were sitting in there and they see babe ruth run through the car Mm. frantic um and behind him runs a young lady with a butcher knife. Oh, my God. <laughs> chasing after him. And what had happened was, is that he she, got it in her eye. She, <laughs> she thought she was the only one. <laughs> and so much so that she cheated on her husband with him. Mm. And then when she found out different... She got upset. <laughs> yeah, man. 
And so she chased him through the club car with a butcher knife. Mm. Uh, very, very upset. That wasn't the only time that happened either. Uh, there was another time where sh- he was uh, sharing a hotel room with another man's wife and he showed up with a gun. Oh, shit. And he uh, and Babe Ruth, they said, basically ran out of the hotel room practically stark naked uh, with just barely like underwear on and shoes uh, kind of imagery. Dude, I got to tell you about this. I got to tell you about this. Okay. This reminds me of God. I'm trying to look up his name. I can't find it, but there was an outfielder for the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, I want to say his last name was Hamilton, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, But anyways, me and uh, uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine are sitting at this bar and and the table next to us is these two girls and the one girl is super excited and she's saying that this guy and she keeps calling saying him saying his name god damn it i wish i could remember his name but i can't yeah but uh he was an outfielder for the reds at the time and as this young black guy right and uh and she's like yeah yeah like uh basically is telling her girlfriend about how she's been having an affair with this guy and her husband had just found out about it and basically kicked her out of the house and she's really upset about it right and she's like like basically like telling her girlfriend all about it sitting at the table at the bar all emotional and shit and me and my girlfriend are like looking over at him like and just like trying to not trying to not look at him but like still like both of us are definitely like eavesdropping in on this because this is a wild ass conversation this girl's talking about this famous reds player she's having an affair with and got caught you know her husband caught her cheating on her right yeah so uh then like 20 minutes pass and she gets a text and she's like oh it's him uh <laughs> him and his buddy are coming to the bar and i'm and uh the other girl's like okay cool like you know i guess maybe things will work out between you and him or whatever and she's like oh my god i hope so da, 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 da. right i'm like i'm just sitting here thinking holy shit this Cincinnati Reds player is coming to the bar. He's going to be sitting at the table right next to me. Like, this is fucking awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So, so like I'm sitting there like anxiously waiting and about 10, 15 minutes later, these two black dudes come into the, come into the bar and they sit down at the table with these two girls and start talking to them. And this is clearly who the girl was talking about, but it's definitely not the Cincinnati Reds outfielder. Because <laughs> I know this guy and I know exactly what he looks like, and it's not this guy. Yeah. Right. So uh they like, I don't know, like some time passes, and like I'm sitting there laughing with my girlfriend, like, holy fuck, like that's not him. Like 
So she got like, played like she's like he's straight up lying to her, thinking that he's a fucking Reds player. Like, what does she not Google the fucker? Like, he doesn't even look like him. Yeah. Like, I can see a slight comparison, but he's like five inches shorter than the guy, and like you know, not <laughs> athletic. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, he's just skinny. I'm like, all right, this is so. At some point, the two girls get up from that table and go to the bathroom, and like. They get up and walk away from the table, and those two guys are just kind of chilling there for a second. And I look over at him, and I'm like, hey. He's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, so you're, and I said the guy's name, and he just started laughing. He's like, well, today I am. I'm like, like, holy crap. Like, all right, man. At least he was. At least he was honest about it. Yeah, because he knew he could see it in my face. He knew that I knew. Oh yeah, you know he knew that I knew that it that wasn't actually him. Yeah, he's like, yeah, today I am. Yeah, God, that's Bill Bellamy had to be a player right there. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Wait till she found out. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, I was, I couldn't keep a straight face the rest of the time we we're there. I no, no. <laughs> they give it up to that guy for having the game to keep that going. Yeah, uh, he must like only go, only meet up with her after he knows she's been drinking for a while. <laughs> so, mm. so she's got the the hazy eyes. Yeah, like, what? <laughs> I swear I googled him. Uh, I swear it's him. I swear it's him. <laughs> Billy Hamilton. That was the guy's name. Willie Hamilton. You mean not Bi- Willie Hamilton? Billy. Hamilton? Billy. Billy Hamilton. Uh yeah. I said, I said, you Billy Hamilton. <laughs> Today I am. Today I am. Hey Billy. Um anyways. So uh like I said, uh he got married at age 20. To a 17-year-old that you know, that was his first wife, uh, Helen Woodford. That was her name. She was a waitress, uh, kind of shy, but she did not throw herself at him. And I think that's why he liked her because she just treated him like a normal person because you know, fame at that point. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't know if you remember me saying this earlier, but they got well, they got married in a, a Catholic church, but he gave her an adopted daughter that actually was his illegitimate daughter with another woman. Oh, wow. And he was like, hey, we adopted this girl. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) You're a mom. Uh, Hey, she made out. She didn't have to go through labor. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Uh, But that just kind of shows you his mentality at the time. Right. Uh, also, the, there is one thing I forgot to say. One of his records is he for he threw when he was a pitcher, uh, left-handed. Uh, his, he actually holds the record still for 14 innings straight. Oh wow! Uh, that he threw. That was one of his when he was a, a pitcher. Um, I think that was eight nineteen sixteen was when he did that. Oh, that was uh, the year my guy died. <laughs> um. Now, 1928, uh, I'll throw a little bit of date in here. His first wife left him. Uh, 
because she just couldn't take the womanizing and the drinking and the smoking and all that kind of stuff anymore, right? right? And it actually caused her to have like a nervous breakdown. So she goes, I can't do this anymore. I got to leave. A year later, she she lives with a dentist, uh, which how do you like to be that guy? Your ex was Babe Ruth. Wow. uh, Which she was like, uh, I've heard accounts saying that she was like, we're in love. We're going to get married. And then there's, then he's kind of like, nah, I never said that. Uh, The dentist. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) like, But they were living together. They were seeing each other. And for whatever reason, uh, a year after she left him and she's with that dentist, she mysteriously died in a house fire. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now who got the who collected the insurance? Uh well, it would have been Babe Ruth. Ooh. Now here's some weird weird conspiracy shit. Yeah, I threw this in here. Yeah, uh, I at least it. I found it. So apparently, uh like a month or two earlier, she had asked like one, they wouldn't get a divorce because they both, you know, both were Catholic, they got married. Divorce is a no-no, right? Um, but he didn't have a problem running around on her for whatever reason. That's not bad, but divorce is. Um, but for whatever yeah, reason... They're Catholics, right? Yeah. 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 Makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, but for whatever reason, um, she apparently was in a in this dentist's house she took some sleeping pills and somehow a fire started they don't know if it was electrical fire they thought maybe like a cigarette had been lit or somebody had lit a cigarette and it caught the house on fire but because she was so clocked out from the sleeping pills smoke inhalation everything else it ended up just consuming her and she died right and the conspiracy i saw somebody saying babe ruth murderer question mark um was saying that like one he couldn't be free of her marriage uh but two also she tried to i don't want to say extort but she tried to get money off of him to the sum of like what it would be today of like millions of dollars um oh wow i don't know maybe just to leave him alone just to do his own thing uh because at the time when he was playing for the yankees uh i think for like 40% of the total amount of money given to players was Babe Ruth. Oh, yeah. So literally, he was making almost like the same amount as the rest of the team. Right. Sounds like A-Rod for years. Yeah. Uh, He actually, I think until like the 60s or something, no one had been paid that much in baseball or any other sport. And it was just because he drew the crowds. He literally, they literally built a new Yankee stadium because he filled the seats because yeah. everyone came and saw this dude. Right? right. So that was one of the conspiracies. Now they also said that Dennis could have been in on it because for whatever reason, but they couldn't fight, figure out a motive. Babe Ruth would have about had them. suicide or that. I mean, you know, she, she did took have sleeping pills and then set the house on fire and passed out. Mm, that is a good one. Like maybe she couldn't handle it anymore. You're right. Uh, her being, uh, you know, just being separated, wasn't happy, wasn't in a good spot. Right. Obviously, if she, I'm sure, I'm sure sleeping pills back then weren't like they are today. A little bit more regulated. That was probably just like, ah, 
Oh, you need sleeping pills? Here, have some marijuana laced morphine. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> or whatever the hell it was back then. Um, so maybe uh, she was having an affair with FDR and he was trying to <laughs> get us out of the depression. Maybe he was trying. Yeah. And he's like, it's this woman who's causing me to be depressed. Yeah. Uh, well, here's why also a lot of people think that like not a lot of people conspiracy nuts that are actually like sitting there and thinking about this kind of thing. Cause like, I think Babe Ruth was in like another city. Like he was playing ball somewhere else. Like he wasn't even more near any of those, but yeah, dude, he don't have time for this. Yeah. He's got five girls lined up outside his hotel room. Yeah, he, he is. He don't care. He ain't sweating. No. Uh, the only thing that people bring up is the fact that her, I think her and her sister came up basically just trying to ask him for X amount of money and yada, yada, yada. And then he says he hadn't seen her in years, even though they had just talked like a month earlier about probably. He probably money. didn't even know who she was. He'd yeah. done, been with so many different women that and he was so hammered. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's drunk, and then some chick comes up like, I need money. He's like, yeah. get out of here. Weren't you my wife? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but here's another weird part. So, uh, I don't think he went, I can't remember now. I can't remember if he went to her funeral or not. Um, I know the dentist did not, but the weird thing is, after she passed away, it only took three months later, and he remarried. To Claire Mary Hodson. Why would he get me married when he's that doesn't make know. any sense to me at all? Like, why would you get married to begin with? Well, so Claire Mary Hodson, he is one of the girls he was having an affair with before, anyway. Yeah. She was an ex chorus line girl. Um, ironically, this girl was like a, a jersey chaser because she actually used to date Ty Cobb before Babe Ruth. Oh God, I couldn't marry her. Like <laughs> she only dates some of the greatest baseball players of all time. Right. Cool. Whatever. Right? Yeah. For real. God, the story she the story she could tell. She's like the the one chick from the Golden Girls. <laughs> Blanche? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's My wife's Blanche. been watching that. That's funny. <laughs> I know. It'd be like meeting someone. It's like, yeah, so uh, you know, I was I dated uh you know, I, I dated like I dated like Larry Bird, and then I dated like you know Wilt Chamberlain, and then you know I started dating Michael Jordan. But he was really young, and then you know Kobe <laughs> caught my eye later, and then you know I just figured I treat myself with LeBron, and then uh, <laughs> right, you're like what? <laughs> Damn. I mean, that does sound like half the female rappers out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, but yeah. that's a little Kim's resume you just spouted. <laughs> oh, that was cold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Touche. Uh, now, ironically, uh, I think her father was Ty Cobb's lawyer. That's where that connection comes from. If, oh, okay. I, if memory serves, which it doesn't always. Yeah. Um, so that was some of his uh, womanisms kind of thing. Uh I do got to bring this up because I'm sure you've heard about it, but the the Red Sox, him being traded to the Red Sox, I forgot to mention this, is the curse. The fact they traded him for money because they needed it, and that's why the Red Sox never won a single World Series till 86 years later. 
Oh wow! Because they traded Babe Ruth because they just thought he was he was eh, he had potential. He was that, money. Yeah, he was the curse of the great Bambino, and they still don't know what what's his nuts needed the money for. Probably hookers, um, <laughs> but they, uh, you know. That, that's that's where that kind of comes from. Now, here's some of the fun stories that I've heard about Babe Ruth and his drinking side of things. Oh, okay. Uh, there was one game, a guy named Joe Schwell. I think that's his name. He, um, the manager, basically at the for the Yankees was like, "Hey, are you going into the clubhouse?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Will you go look for the Babe?" He ain't here. Uh, they were having like pre, um, like batting practice before their game, and he goes, you know, this game's about to start. We need to find him. So this guy goes into the clubhouse. He goes in there, and he goes, I see the babe sitting there in front of his locker, and they're like, he's got his like shirt on, he's got his trousers on, but he's got them on backwards, and he's got, uh. And he's just kind of sitting there, just kind of slumped over. And he goes, hey, babe, you all right? We got this game. It's going to start. And the guy goes, uh, then the babe looked up and goes, I was the babe, like that. Oh, shit. And the guy's like, hey, man, we you're going to, you know, well, this game's about to start, man. You need to, like, get your shit together. And they said Babe Ruth got up. No, no, I'm sorry. Babe Ruth reached over and grabbed a bat and basically stuck it next to him and pushed up like a cane and <laughs> waddled his ass out to there and walked and when it was his turn to bath walked up to the plate still using it as a cane oh, slurring shit. his words hit a home run first pitch <laughs> damn yes superhuman who did I mean, he sell his soul to? <laughs> exactly. He's just like, I, I hit anything. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't even need my eyes open. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, That's wild, dude. It's like, it's like he sold his soul. Yeah. Like, and then it was just like, <sighs> oh man, that's, that's wild. Here, here's where it gets. So the guy said that game, he goes, he hit two home runs. He had one triple and two doubles. <laughs> oh my God. Shit faced. People get DUIs. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's 90 mile an hour fastballs. <laughs> I don't know if they were that fast back then, but whatever. Yeah. Also, he was lugging a bat around that was way heavier than what they use today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they said he actually hit. I forgot about that. Uh, like the hot, the heaviest weight of a bat was like two pounds, right? Then most today's use a bat that weighs like twenty five ounces or some shit like that. Um, I think my bat when I played in high school was thirty two ounces. All right, yeah, yeah. So thirty three is the average, right? Yeah. And tops up at about thirty four. Okay. Early on in his career, he used a 42-ounce bat. Oh, yeah. And then later, like much later, he got into uh, the lightweight of a 38-ounce 38 38 bat. 
because yeah. it was getting heavy. Um, <laughs> but I swear I saw someone said he actually used a 53 ounce bat at one point. And they were like, <laughs> it was a tree trunk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's hard to miss the ball when you got a tree trunk up there swinging. No shit. Um, there was I bet another. You, uh, I bet you like Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire <laughs> back in the day could use some tree trunks. Yeah, no shit. When they were, <laughs> they were getting it, and they were like getting it done, and they were like, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> when they were nothing but juice in their veins. Yeah. You like it to juice? Uh, uh, bah. <laughs> Barry Bonds, he's another one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was another. Allegedly. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, let's see. There, there's been other stories about Babe Ruth, like, uh, like one time he punched a referee in the face because he was shit faced in playing and just fucking like the, he didn't agree with the call and fucking knocked the guy out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was one of my favorite ones was that um, Babe Ruth, uh, basically. The White Sox, not Red Sox, White Sox were intimidated by the Yankees because he wasn't just, it wasn't just the Yankees. Like during this time, I mean, he was on like the 1927 Yankees, which is arguably like the best baseball team ever. It's Murder's Row because they would, instead of having like, it's like what I remember. I, like, I always act like I know what the fuck I'm talking about with baseball. I never even, <laughs> like, I'm not that much of a baseball guy, but, uh, most of the time they have like a heavy hitter after like the third, like third up to bat, it's heavy hitter, like every three. This was like the, the first, fourth, the fourth at bat. Yeah. Uh, this was like the first five were all heavy hitters. Mm. So it was like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they called Murder's Row. But yeah, when you bat fourth, they call it the cleanup. Yeah, they're batting cleanup, and that's what you. The first three people get on base, and the fourth guy gets up and knocks them all in. Yeah. Um. So he's part of that group, right? Yeah. Uh, and they feared them so much that uh, the White Sox, some of the players, took Babe Ruth out for drinks the night before. Oh and yeah. Were, and they were feeding him this punch, and it was. And the bartender was a White Sox sympathizer. So he was loading up these punch drinks. So Babe Ruth, staying up all night, got shit-faced, didn't sleep a single wink. The next day goes in there, and they said Babe Ruth single-handedly dominated the White Sox. So bad that the Yankees, after... The game was over. Where it was asking all their players, like, "Hey, where are we going out for drinks tonight?" Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I I know a funny story that's in that right in that same wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, the Dallas Cowboys were going to New York to play the Giants. Right? Yeah. This is back when Emmett Smith was playing and Troy Aikman were playing for the Cowboys, and they're really good. Well, Lawrence Taylor was an all all world fucking linebacker for the New York Giants, right? But yeah. he was buddies with Emmett Smith. So the Dallas Cowboys coming to New York 
And LT finds out where Emmett Smith is staying, what hotel they're staying at, and and like calls him up and is like, "Hey, what room are you in? I might come over and uh, hang out for a little bit tonight." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm in room whatever, right?" Well, LT doesn't go over there. He sends over like a multitude of prostitutes to Emmett Smith's room. Like just buys all these hookers and sends them to his room and says, do not leave the room until you wear this motherfucker out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently they stayed there all night. Right? So then, then the next day, Sunday, they're playing football and uh, Emmett Smith had like one of his worst games the whole season. And LT would just every like every play be like talking shit to him, like on the field, like yeah, you like them girls, huh? You like them wearing you out, Emmett. <laughs> so it worked out for LT. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, this guy was a different stock, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he could do it and keep going. I thought yeah. you were gonna say like same thing, like. He uh he tried and then failed miserably. Well, I think uh, football is a little bit different than baseball. Yeah, no, it's a <laughs> lot more physically demanding. Right. Uh, now you you know you're asking me earlier why get remarried, right? Why why do it? Um. Well, I'll tell you part of the reason. So, in nineteen. 19- 25. So basically his years of drinking and fornicating and all that good stuff kind of caught up with him. In 1925, he had his worst uh, year ever. He was the most overweight he'd ever been. Uh, He only had 25 home runs for 98 games, which was very low for him. Yeah, which is Uh, awesome for uh, anybody today. Yeah, pretty much. Um. So you know, he started to get back on track. His second wife. So this is like the good thing about her. Like him, his second wife actually made him have a ten o'clock curfew. He actually listened to her, and oh, wow. she actually like helped with the finances. So like this is like his era of getting his shit together. Right. So he kind of like started easing back on the drinking, easing back on the smoking, not oh. running around on this woman. Yeah. Uh, I think 1925 was the year it woke him up because he was so overweight. And he actually, like, they were talking about him passing out in hotel rooms and stuff like that. Like, they thought he was sick. Like, he even thought, like, he might be dying or something. Like, it was just a lot of things going on. Um, But then he started to work out and got, like, super into it and, like, regimented. And because he realized if he can't play the game, because that's his life, like, that's all that matters. So he came back. 1926 he got 47 home runs um and then 1927 he had his uh, i think his best year he went to the world series he had 60 home runs uh i think that was arguably his best year in his career um uh, i don't remember what that says but anyway but it, after that it kind of started going a little bit downhill he kind of played he got traded around after a while uh i actually jumped ahead i'm sorry 1932 i gotta at least bring this up while we're on it the world series against chicago cubs it's game three two strikes and he does the infamous 
call the shot. Oh, yeah. And he calls it. He nails it. And that's where it goes. Um, <clears throat> so 1932, that was the infamous called shot. I think after that was when it started going downhill. He got traded a couple times. I wonder and how I- much shit was being talked on the field by either the pitcher or slash catcher to I- Babe Ruth. Because like you said, he's kind of on a downslope here. Yeah. Like, ah, you you lost your touch, baby boy, and all yeah. this other shit. And then he's like, you know what, motherfuckers? <laughs> I don't think, I think there was always hesitation with him. It was just one of those guys. Uh, but that was like his last, like, bitch, I'll tell you where I'm going to put this thing. And from what I've heard, actually, I saw a video about his granddaughter um, about, like, the stories told by her mother and stuff like that, that he would do that anyway. He'd go, where did the last guy hit his ball? Oh, he went to the right of the scoreboard. I'm going to go to the left. Oh, okay. Like he was that good. Like he was so in tune with his muscle memory and because he played baseball so much, like all he did was play baseball, drink, smoke, screw baseball. Like that was his life. Right. Yeah. Um, and he was so in tune with it that he could pick where he wanted the ball to go, like hitting it. Um, but so that's kind of, there's been some debate about the called shot. Some people say he didn't do it. Some say he did do it. Some said he was like touching his hand or do, I don't know. It was a bunch of weird controversy about that one. It was uh, a world series game, right? Yes. There's no video footage of this. Uh, some say I think there was supposedly, but you can't see, but I don't know. I mean, it was 1932. I don't know how great that quality of film looks. They had film. Yes. It was the. Yeah. It was moving pictures back then. It was nice to see. It moved pictures back then. Yeah. But so after that, 1935, he quits baseball. At this point, he has had 714 home runs, which stood for 40 years before anyone changed it. I think it was Hank Aaron in the 70s-ish. He actually wanted to manage the Yankees, and they said no. He actually wanted to manage (laughs) a lot of places, but I think because he was a wild man, uh, they just said no. Sad to say, he got throat cancer, probably from all those years of smoking and drinking. Yeah, and uh, he ended up passing away and dying at the age of fifty-three, August sixteenth, nineteen forty-eight. Twenty. Here's a fun little fact, though. Twenty minutes before he died, he signed his last autograph to a nurse, a male nurse that was on staff. Oh wow! Yeah. So the guy has the last like. That's kind of morbid, but it's kind of cool at the same time to have right. the last ever signature. Of Was Babe it Ruth. on a baseball? I don't know. I think maybe a baseball card. That was uh, then later ate by a dog. Yeah. Uh, and then the kid got the shit kicked out of him by his stepdad. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in conclusion. In conclusion. I'd like to tip my hat. To the man of the hour, George Herman Ruth, the babe, the Sultan of Swat, uh, the great Bambino. Uh, 
because he was a great drunkard in history. He was a specimen of his time. He and, and like I, I feel like the dude was like, I hate to use a nowadays reference, but he was like, you know how people argue about Michael Jordan being so great because he was doing things that no one else was doing at the time. Right. And I'm like, well, that's what someone great does. And that's kind of what he did. Right. You know, like they're taking this and they're elevating it. That's what exactly. makes greatness. Exactly. Uh, so I feel like all of our drunkards in history that we've done so far have been like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they from, do it from faced ri- from writers to musicians to serial killers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, they step up their game. That's right. Um, Yes. So cheers to Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. to you, buddy. Yep. We can be found on social media at Instagram, at Cerberus Thoughts, Facebook at Cerberus Thoughts, and Twitter at Think Cerberus. And you can always email us at CerberusThoughts at gmail.com or check out our website at CerberusThoughts.com and find us on every podcatcher that catches the podcasts that lets that pleasure of the podcast into your host at CerberusThoughts. <laughs> Alex, what do we say when we get out here? We like to say, if you're in the skill, you need to stay cheesy, keep it greasy, and flip on out. Gary the Goose here. You've been listening to Soberless Thoughts, Drunkards in History, 4, Part 1. Listen in, with your absolutely lovely ear holes, to the show next week, for Drunkards in History, 4, Part 2. When Mike, dives in deep on his historical alcoholic, should be a wonderful time. Until then, Gary out.